What is up, guys? Welcome to episode five of the Positionless Pod with me, your host, or I mean, I don't know, it's Positionless, but with me, Kai Gamage. I'm here in studio with my favorite people, uh, the brightest, most versatile co-host and young minds in basketball media, Aaron Matthew, Diego San Agustin, and Mikey good. Cruz. There you go. All right, what's up? What's up, guys? How you guys been? Why do I always have a different name? Well, okay. At least I'm not going to Michael Anthony this time. You should be grateful. Though. I think you could have went to Michael Anthony yeah. today. You're just, you're just versatile, man. Yeah. You're positionless. You're positionless. <laughs> no one can one hold you down to one yourself. name, bro. He's different. Okay, That's but yeah, fun. yeah. How have you guys? How have you guys been? How have you guys been? I'm school? good. I'm really hungry right now. But yeah. Otherwise, I'm pretty good no i can't wait to get some thai food in here yeah we oh wait no, no we, 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 we got we korean we got yeah korean. we were about to get finessed ordering some thai food yeah i'm pretty mad about that i'm pretty no. cheesed like uber eats needs to relax like how are you gonna tell me it's buy one get one free and then like i choose the pad to you right and then it's like yeah. oh you actually have to pay ten dollars for freaking chicken in my in my noodles yeah that's what so are we stupid. doing here what are we doing here it was like six dollars for the to for like the tofu and vegetable one why am I paying We're six dollars for tofu and vegetable? And ten dollars for buy the one, chicken. Get one free at that point. Yeah, they're financing us. Yeah, they're lying. To There's me. no so way, bro. So we're getting Korean instead. Uber Eats. On um, this, on the same app that was trying to finesse you, so you're still yes. getting finesse. Yeah, okay. basically. No, but, but it's okay. You know, it's it's fine. But I got dumplings. At least they're openly so. finessing us. Yeah, but, and I get dumplings, for six dollars. And I get be no, I got the beef. I got I got the the cheese bulgogi. I can't wait to eat it. I'm so marved. Sounds good. It sounds really good. And Mike is salivating right now. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> every every show we're just gonna talk about Thai food off the top. Well, just food in general. Yeah, of course. I mean, I'm a hungry guy. Yeah, who isn't? I'm starving. No, you should be. You need to eat anak. You're marving, right? Is that that the word? No marv. <laughs> He's marving. No, <laughs> no, never heard that in my oh, life. Yo, come on. All right. Are yeah. we cutting that? I no, no, no. I need that. <laughs> We'll play that as like a soundbite. Marvin. <laughs> That'll be a soundbite in the future. Right, I'm going to use that from now on, to be yeah, honest. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's not. Mike, Mike invented Toronto slang. Yeah, of course. Yeah. He's a real one. Born and raised. Day yeah. one. A1 <laughs> since day one. But, um, yeah. Friend. No, I'm, I'm pretty. I don't know. I went to a concert last night. My voice, like, I don't know. I, I think I'm getting stronger as I grow up. Because, like, if I went to a concert <laughs> like this. No, I. <laughs> what do you mean by that, bro? <laughs> Yo, I'm serious. I'm serious. Like, if I went to, like, this kind of concert, like, four years ago, I don't think I'd be able to talk for, like, the next four days. I mean, you had. I'm, I'm happy for you, man. Yeah. Like, I'm, I'm yeah. happy that you had a great time. I was hoping night. I had, like, a coarse voice that today so that, like, I could let you guys run the podcast and me not have to do as much work. No, oh, we, yeah. we just reschedule. I mean, usually we, usually need, we do. We usually need Kai Gamage no, I'll as be our there. host. I'll be there. I'll be there, but just in a limited capacity. Okay, Mike Cruz is going to run today's show, I think. Bro, he runs every show. That's, that's, that's what I'm saying. Michael Anthony Cruz. Different uh, name every time. Mikey Cruz. Mikey Tony Cruz. <laughs> Michael. Oh, yeah. You know, um, Michael Cruz Anthony? <laughs> I really shout like... Out, shout out Andrew, fam. I, I want to <laughs> shout out Aaron Matthews' um, shirt right now, to be honest. No, he's got a nice he's shirt. He's got a nice popsicle, like popsicle. popsicle. Oh, I, <laughs> I thought those were like lovebirds. That's us. I couldn't see it. <laughs> I couldn't see it from this far away, no but way, I thought bro. I thought those were birds. I'm Why also you got popsicles on your shirt? It's it, it's summer. Where'd you get it from? India. Oh. <laughs> Not H and M. That's probably where I got most of my clothes from too. To <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. It's kind India, of India or China. Yeah, those are the shout top out, shout out Beijing top Ducks. Spots. 
So today we thought we wouldn't have too much NBA news on the docket to get into. We thought we'd focus more on the WNBA. But also we're finally going to dabble a bit into the CEBL. For those unfamiliar, that's the Canadian Elite Basketball League, Canada's very own pro league. The championship weekend is taking place on Friday and Saturday. Sorry, Sunday. So we'll be talking about that, making our predictions. It'll be pretty cool. These three guys in front of me uh, know the CBL really well. They actually work for the uh, Scarborough Shooting Stars. They met J. Cole. No. Oh. I, I wish I did. But okay. We didn't really get to talk to him. Kind of a bad like, job. I was within like a foot from him. but Really? Yeah, that's, that's, all, that's all I can really say. I didn't say like what's up or anything. That's sick. I mean, I should have, to you be honest. You should have said what up. Yeah, he's you probably thought he'd be there longer. It was, uh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well... Uh, yeah, so we'll, we'll be talking about the playoffs. Um, the WNBA playoffs are also about to kick off, so we'll preview the last few games of the season, talk about some potential playoff pushes, talk about the potential playoff picture, all that. But you know what? The NBA, it's been quiet for the past couple weeks. We thought we'd finally have the chance to take a vacation from the most dramatic league on earth. Then Kevin Durant, as he's done all summer, just decides to uh, enter our life again. This guy really just can't leave us alone. So let's start from the show. Let's start the show just talking about the most recent drama from the Brooklyn Nets. So on Monday, Shams reported that Kevin Durant had had another meeting with Joe Sy to reaffirm his desire to be traded from the team. But more importantly, he essentially gave Sy an ultimatum stating that it's essentially either him or Sean Marks and Steve Nash. What do you guys think of... Uh, this most recent Kevin Durant drama. I mean, I that just shows how badly he really wants out. And he also said that you know he doesn't believe that the Nets, he, he doesn't believe in the Nets organization like being like a winning team or a winning culture, basically. So, yeah, I'm, the fact that he gave the Nets an ultimatum is pretty crazy. It shows just how much power that stars in the NBA really have. And now at this point, I feel like he actually, you know, I was on, I was leaning more towards. KD is not going to be traded pretty much all offseason. But now I actually think there's a pretty good chance that he, he could get traded. Because yeah. I, have, I, have, I have a feeling that um, the Nets might pick, you know, Sean Marks and Steve Nash over, over I mean, him. Josiah did reaffirm his commitment to both Nash and Marks. That's right? what I'm he saying. Did, he tweeted yeah. out that he stands behind them, which is wild. I think, I think that, like, there's absolutely just – I think there's so much less leverage now in this KD deal, right? Like – Yep. That's I, I I was totally with you. I thought that he'd be on the Nets next season as well. Right? I mm -hmm. thought that they'd keep the band together, like they'd tough it out for one more year, see how it goes. Kyrie would end up signing elsewhere. Uh they'd see if, you know, maybe they could get one last run in at a championship, even though everyone's mm -hmm. like pissed at each other. But after this, it's just it's done. You can't keep him on that team. He strategically just got rid of every single bit of leverage that the Nets have. Yep. Right? Because if the Nets keep him on, it's just really just kind of pathetic. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It do looks you, weak. Do you guys think the Raptors like have a chance now? No, it's Boston. But <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I'm honestly glad with what Josiah did uh, by standing with his front office, and even though that may lower the leverage for him and the team, like you said, I think it's it's a good precedent to set because. You can't let one person be bigger than the organization, especially someone who's done absolutely nothing for the team. Mm -hmm. what, they were, okay, they came close to beating the Bucks last year, but that was it. They still lost. And then they fo followed that with a sweep 
against the Celtics. That's embarrassing. And to do all of this drama after getting embarrassed, like literally two months ago, I think he, yeah, he. This is just as toxic as it gets. Yeah, st- touching on the toxicity, um, I think he just wants to get rid of the toxic situation. I think w- he wants an environment that's, you know pretty clean pretty friendly and but Durant, he Durant is the reason for the toxic environment no I mean no, he's not. Jo- I'm How talking about that? Joe Joe oh, Chai yeah, yeah. so I, right I think here. that that's what he's ultimately deciding here and uh, I mean Durant basically carried the entire or- organization down with you know whatever yeah, his, de- his desires are you know for himself mm-hmm. he said he wanted to win but he wanted to win by himself so he went to the Nets to do that yeah. But again, he created a toxic environment. They basically gave everything he wanted, right? Yeah. I mean, like, what that used to be, again, I think that we've, we've, we've talked about this a lot uh, when it comes to the Nets, but in, what, 2019, 2020, that looked one of the most, that looked like one of the most, like, young, fun, and, like, very comforting, like, very friendly teams in the entire NBA, right? I actually loved watching that yeah. team. Yeah. That was a great team to watch. Yeah, that was under, a yeah. team under, under a neutral, as a neutral like, you'd love to see. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Uh, the team under Kenny Atkinson with, like, what, Karis LeVert, Jared Allen, D'Angelo Russell. D'Angelo Russell, too. Yeah, yeah like Spencer Dinwiddie coming off the what bench. About, what about Jared Dudley on the bench celebrating? Yeah. Culture. Well, those just vibes. Yeah. Like, every time I think of that team, the, the, like, I think the thing that sums up that season is that dance that they did like on the bench yeah and they're like move kicking their feet and like yeah that was that was an side. iconic moment. that's yeah. iconic and you yeah. and we can't even think about the nets in that sort of way anymore because of what happened no but i i i, I agree with aaron i think that josiah is absolutely making the right decision to stand behind his coach and gm regardless of the fact let's just say hypothetically that Nash isn't that great a coach that Sean Marks isn't that great a GM mm-hmm. you absolutely cannot let a single player you can't bend the knee to Kevin Durant like that you've already like succumbed to a ton of his wishes but i think that if you take this extra step and fire not only a coach but a GM for Kevin Durant that's insane for a guy who hasn't done anything for your organization like we're not talking LeBron James in Cleveland here right yeah mm. Yeah. This is Kevin Durant, who hasn't done anything for, for for your Nets. He has shown no sense of loyalty to your team. And you, you can't bend the knee to that. There's no way. You are an owner of a basketball team. Like, what is the, what, pre- what precedent does that set? Yeah, and you said even if you consider Steve Nash and Sean Marks as a bad GM or a bad coach, they're doing what KD wants. Yeah. So they're bad because of the decisions they're making for him. Mm-hmm. So it's okay. Maybe Nash, it wasn't the best thing for him to start with a team like that. But Sean Marks is literally doing what he wants, what KD wants. He wanted Harden, he got Harden. He wanted DeAndre Jordan instead of Jarrett Allen. He did that. He's doing what KD wants, and that's taken the team down. So what are you blaming him for? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know about Sean Marks. Like Steve Nash, sure, he could. He's not the greatest coach in the league, but. Honestly, Sean Marks has given K- KD like everything yeah. he's asked for, basically, and that's what made that's what made him, I guess, quote unquote, happy but while uh, during his time there with the Nets. But yeah, even if it was just Nash, though, right? Like, it's you can't let a player say like, "Oh, you either trade me or you get rid of Steve." I've Nash. never seen anything yeah. like it. To that be is, it's kind of crazy, insane. And Nash was pretty much one of the guys he like wanted in the beginning, right? Yeah, yeah. 
Wasn't he advocating for Nash? Yeah, he yeah. was advocating early on. for Nash. He was a early player on. coach, right? Yeah. He was like a very just easygoing guy. That's what yeah. they wanted. They didn't really want to be coached. Yeah. He, the, I mean, Kyrie even <laughs> said he like wanted, he did, uh, they didn't have a coach. He wanted <laughs> Nash because Nash was the player development coach for KD back on the Warriors. That's when They've they had a relationship that's when beforehand. They, yeah. That's why, yeah. Had a relationship. He got him to Brooklyn and now... So now we're at a point where KD wants Nash out of Brooklyn if he's gonna end up staying like that's kind of crazy to me the yeah. worst thing is KD will blame every employee in the organization except for the other biggest toxic guy right next to him which is Kyrie Irving of course yeah. that's, his, that's his bestie yeah. come on man <laughs> so yeah like I don't know it's it's a really rough situation I think it's pretty ugly I think that it was very much a strategic move by Kevin Durant though to do something yeah. like this because I think that at the end of the day, he does want to be traded. He doesn't want to play for the Nets, right? Yeah. That s- not only did he reaffirm his determination to leave that team, he also made this very, I think, strategic decision to essentially zap away all of his leverage. Yeah. Because, like, the leverage that the Nets had was insane. Like, this is a guy locked up on a four-year deal. He just signed his extension. He's not going anywhere if they don't want him to go anywhere. But now with something like this, the power dynamic is completely shifted. When a player like that gives you an ultimatum, I think that you essentially you're not succumbing to their wishes necessarily, but yeah. you can't you can't keep you can't keep a presence like that on your team. Yeah, you're mm-hmm. pretty much doing what, uh, choosing what's best for your organization than you know not succumbing to whatever they yeah. they basically can't even choose KD over you know Marks and Nash. It's yeah. it's kind of ridiculous if they do, and I don't think they will. I mean, as that's the right decision. It is. Yeah, just. Do what's best for your organization. Katie yeah. wants out. Get him out of there. Yeah. And it's interesting because it's like, obviously, we've been talking about this whole trade bubble for a while where everything's just way too expensive. There's way too many picks being thrown into deals. I think that this kind of has the potential to change the landscape again, maybe get it back to a regular price for deals. I still yeah. think they'll get a ton of first round picks, probably four, let's say. But I think if they make that deal with the with the Boston Celtics, I think Marcus Smart is firmly off the table now. Yeah. Because they don't have to include Marcus Smart. For sure. Yeah. Right? They can make that Jalen Brown, Derek White, let's say two or three first-round picks deal. I think that that's completely doable. And I think that that resets the market for star players. We haven't seen Donovan Mitchell formally request a trade, so this is a completely different situation. But – I think that the Donovan Mitchell market, if this KD deal does happen, kind of resets to a norm prior to where it was with Rudy Gobert. Yeah. So mm-hmm. the Knicks will be itching for the deal to actually happen. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe maybe the Knicks hop in on this KD deal. Oh, I, you <laughs> know what? I hope so. Oh man. Would you do Would you do RJ Barrett? Like, if you're the Nets, how's RJ Barrett? Oh. Miles <laughs> Miles McBride, um. Quentin Grimes, Obi Toppin, and three firsts. It's not the most appealing package you can get. Oh, That's the thing. To be fair, though, the Knicks have better picks to offer mm-hmm. than probably any team. Yeah. yeah. Boston Celtics picks are going to be worthless, right? Yeah. But they, they have Jalen Brown. That's the big yeah. That's the big thing. You guys the players you, you get from the Knicks, mm-hmm. there's way better players you can get. Yeah. But I think you can yeah. get, like, a lot more young players from, like, if you were to make a deal with the Knicks, right? Like, I think that they have yeah, a lot of young guys that could have potential. I, I like Quentin Grimes. I like what he did in the summer league. I, I don't yeah. mind Miles McBride. I like the potential for RJ Barrett, but I saw this stat recently that RJ actually has like the lowest yeah. points in the paint 
what, what is it? Sorry, how do, how do I fr- how do I phrase this? Wait, uh, okay, I don't lowest know points per like. I don't know if you're talking about the same one, but <laughs> the the one that I came across was R.J. Barrett is actually one of the. I mean, it was he's the least efficient paint scorer yeah, in the NBA. It, it was a super critical post about how he's bang average at everything. Mm-hmm. Like he's he's decent at everything, but he's not good at anything. Yeah, that's that's just how he's been for yeah. ever since he came into the league. He yeah. hasn't really like but improved. But Nash is his godfather, so it could be cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, match made in heaven yeah. with the Nets. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm down for it. Um, yeah. So KD, we I think at this point none of us really see him in a Nets uni. No, not right. anymore. Okay. Yeah. Um, going back to that um the old Nets team. Before of getting Ky- KD and Kyrie, would you, in the moment would you have given away that young core for KD and Kyrie like the way they did? Like without like obviously without from, from like this perspective now that already things happened without without the ability of hindsight, right? Like yeah. I, like if I w- if yeah, I exactly. if I was in Sean Marks' shoes when he did what he I did, mean, you have the opportunity to get both Kevin Durant and Kyrie. Yeah, early not even a team. question. Yeah, yeah no, I do that. I think I think everybody all of us does that in a heartbeat. Would do that yeah. immediately. No doubt. M- yeah. Maybe not DeAndre Jordan. Yeah, <laughs> probably not. But if if but if, if, if it getting involves DeAndre Jordan that, means but if they wanted though, yeah. yeah, yeah. No, but a four. Okay, yeah. Sometimes I, the four-year deal. Four-year, forty million. I mean, what he just he just got like a two-year contract at the Nuggets. So no way. He's sick. that guy. It makes me sick. He's Him that and guy. Jokic are gonna be best buds. I can't wait to see it. It's gonna be great chemistry. That Nuggets team is crazy. <laughs> that's that's I why I Mike put the Nuggets on S tier. I know I put of them course. in. I know I put them in my B tier. <laughs> I know I put them in my B tier last week. But you know, after thinking about it with DeAndre Jordan, that I might be a C tier. I think the vibes <laughs> are gonna be immaculate. I can't wait. I can't wait for it. Yeah, I mean DeAndre Jordan, he's he's really won wherever he's gone, right? Um, how many weeks till he's cut? <laughs> I think he's gonna get cut though. Really? Yeah. That's a big contract buyout. You don't give someone that big a contract to then buy them out, right? Ooh. DeAndre. DeAndre. Stop. <laughs> Can't believe we're talking about DeAndre Jordan today instead of talking about actual good basketball. He's DeAndre back to the CBA, Lakers. CBA starter. Yo. <laughs> yeah. He's going to be the starter. Yo, why didn't CBA we mention team. him last week? Who? DeAndre. I, I don't think he's under contract. I don't think he's contract. as he Doesn't matter good he's enough under to play in the CBA, though. You said Dennis Schroeder when we were talking about the big man we wanted in the CBA. He doesn't have a contract. Oh, Dennis Schroeder doesn't have a contract. He's a free agent, so. But the other guys did. No? Yeah, you might be right. Yeah, but yeah. is Dennis Schroeder a big man? Justin Thompson did. <laughs> T- no, yeah, we we'll, did say T. Tom. We'll come up. We'll come up with we like did. a proper uh, CBA, <laughs> CBA starting five. Um, maybe we'll start our own team. I think DeAndre has to be there. We should start our, uh, we our should. own team. I think we can fund it. Twenty players. Let's do it. I'm down. Yeah. I'm. I'm kind of. We'll we'll do a draft. We'll do a draft for CBA players. That's that's a great episode idea. That's going to be amazing. That's a really good episode idea. Okay, I think we're going to do that one of these days. We have to. Yeah, we might. Okay, let's move on. Uh, let's talk one more thing in the NBA, and then we'll, we'll move on to uh, more important basketball things, basketball happenings. So more NBA pro-am drama. DeJounte Murray versus Paolo Boncaro. <laughs> so 
if DeJounte Murray disrespected you like that at a pro-am, how would you react? I'd be throwing hands. <laughs> right? Honestly. Yeah. Like I, I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm here to play basketball, not get the ball bounced off my head. Yeah, that's crazy. That's yeah, insane. that's crazy. I, I can't <laughs> believe that guy didn't even do anything. I, I would have I low blow. It's so him, disrespectful, yeah. to be honest. They're in, the same, they're in the same division. I can't wait to see those Hawks Magic games now. Ooh. That's going to be hot. Yeah, that's a way to hype up the eventual you know, Hawks Magic game. This is some good press on It's such a beef that I just didn't that nobody really saw coming to be yeah, honest like I, I mean I mean DeJounte has been on the headlines ever since he left the Spurs yeah cause you gotta you, you gotta be quiet when you're, <laughs> on, the, when you're <laughs> on the Spurs I guess but then as soon as <laughs> bro this guy those yeah. those ATL strip clubs been hitting him different yeah Wait, he's, he's changed yeah he's, he's changed he's a different yeah, man yeah, he's tweets, a different man his tweets are rocking with all the capital letters yeah he's going crazy bro. <laughs> <laughs> he, not, not as bad as Jake Crowder though this guy's that man's yo. yelling on Twitter. This guy's <laughs> in his full, full of free YSL phase right yeah. now. <laughs> but you know what's funny? So funny? Just literally just a week ago, Dejounte was so like he was appreciated for his comments, like when he pleaded with his NBA brothers to play in more pro am games. Yeah. Everybody loved him for that. And a week later, he's looking like in a like an idiot on Pro-Am games, trying to beef with a rookie who hasn't played a single game. Yo, welcome to the league, bro. <laughs> yeah, like, I, I don't know how you're going to convince other basketball players and, like, young basketball players to go to Pro-Ams when you're going to be bouncing balls off their head. Yeah. That's pretty stupid. That's kind of crazy. I think I think there's another clip of him doing it again the other day. I think that I was think that, hap- that happened before, right? Like, he literally bounced yeah. the ball yeah. ahead of like, I yeah, know, I mean, some, shit, some I, normal I guy. I throw right? hands, too. I throw hands too. I mean, I wouldn't go on social media and like write down an essay on my story. Yeah, that's a bit much. But <laughs> I, I'd, I'd be cheesed. Yeah. No cap. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think that this turns into like a nice, like hot beef once it hits the NBA? Oh, I hope so. Yeah. It has least, to, right? I could look right. forward to the the yeah. Hawks Magic games. Two irrelevant so. teams. I can't wait. Unnecessary drama. Uh, there's NBA. like, yeah. That's they're not love. the best teams in the Christ. league, but it'll be fun to watch. Never boring association. Primetime television. Yeah, I hope they. I hope he bounces the ball off of his head in a game. Oh, that would be great. Can you do that? Uh, did, no. Didn't uh, who's that? <laughs> One of the Morristons did that to Justin uh, Anderson. Yeah. The Morristons are oh, menaces. Oh, I remember that. Yeah, those guys are psychopaths. The slow-mo of that was so funny, oh though. <laughs> <laughs> didn't one of them end up in jail one time? What? One of the Morristons. Yeah, don't deface them right now. Did they? I think they did. One of them. Which one? I don't know. My my brother, like he hates the Morristons. <laughs> I mean, who doesn't? Who really? doesn't? Yeah, who they, doesn't? Okay. In twenty fifteen, yeah. they were charged with felony aggravated yeah, assault. Yeah, see, both Morris twins, both. Of also, them. both of them, not one of them. Wow. Yo, these guys. These, these guys, guys could be never a fail to impress could, me. You think? I think they have a career in the WWE after. Yeah. Yeah. Straight up, I, I'm sure. Mike's if there's anyone in the I'm NBA, excited for that. it's them. Mm-hmm. I think them. so. I think so. They're 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 good instigators. You oh, they, uh, they definitely are. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Remember the Jokic, um, Yo. Morris Beach. That was the <laughs> best. That was my favorite <laughs> thing. That was my favorite <laughs> thing, bro. They're acting like they can take on like no way. like Serbs, bro. No way. Who are twice their size? Yeah, Jokic those, and his those guys have probably like seen Nikola and his brother. Yeah, those guys have probably seen some dark. And have stuff, you seen his brother? Bro. They're terrifying. Oh, guys, scary. Both of them. Scary hours. Both of them. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Let's move on. Let's talk about the WNBA. Yeah? The WNBA, we're in the last week of games. The last two days are on Friday and Sunday. It'll be pretty good. Pretty full game slate. Most teams only have, I think, two games left. 
So there's a lot of playoff implications. The top seeds are kind of already set. It seems like the Chicago Sky, well, the Chicago Sky are going to be top seed in the Eastern Conference. And it seems like the Aces are going, actually, yeah, it's confirmed that the Aces are going to be top seed in the West. So we don't see that changing. The next two seeds, we've got Connecticut Sun, uh, who are pretty good. They're only they're two games back of the Sky. Uh, we've got the Storm, who are three game back, three games back of the Aces. But then after that, it gets pretty interesting. The Mystics and the Wings do seem kind of set in their spots, yeah. but the seven and eight seed Mercury Dream, it's a battle in the middle of the table. How do you guys see some things shaking up in the WNBA playoff picture? Yeah, with five teams vying for two spots, it's going to be heated mm-hmm. in these last few games. I do think the seventh spot is going to be claimed by the Phoenix Mercury. I know they lost Diana Taurasi for the rest of the season, but they still have better chance to grab that spot. They just need one win, I think, to solidify it because they can still claim the eighth if they just win one of their next games. But they still... Right now, ESPN says they have a 72% chance. Yeah. And it would probably be 90 if Diana was still there. Mm-hmm. But I think with Shea Petty getting more minutes, and if she steps up, I think they can lock that spot. Yeah, well, it's not an easy schedule for the uh, for the Mercury. So today, um, we're recording this on a Wednesday. Today, they'll be facing the Minnesota Lynx, who we'll probably be talking about a little bit more later on. Uh, we'll go over all these, all the teams that are fighting for those uh, seven and eight spots, right? So they're going to be facing off against the Minnesota Lynx, who seem to have gotten better in the last week. They're going to be facing the Dallas Wings, who have actually been rolling for a little bit here. And then they're also going to be facing the Chicago Sky, who most likely will be sitting their starters. But who really knows? It might be. It's it's still going to be a tough matchup for the Mercury. I mean, it's obviously the Chicago Sky. It's the best team in the in the entire WNBA. So there's a good chance that they don't win any of those three games. I, I do think they have enough in their tank to beat the Lynx. I know the other two games are going to be tougher, but uh, that's what I said, right? They even if they win one of their mm-hmm three games i think they have a solid chance to finish at least eighth. yeah skylar skylar diggins smith has been absolutely balling out what 19 points a game so i mean yeah with tarasi gone it's definitely harder but skylar is definitely one one player in the league that can fill in those shoes yeah for sure for me i think the dream seemed like a lock to me they have really yeah i feel like they have the easiest schedule i mean they're, they're facing the liberty next right yeah uh, and you know r- r- how you pronounce her name? Ryan Howard. Yeah. Ryan Howard. Yeah. She's basically been the best rookie this season, and mm-hmm. I feel like uh, it's unfortunate that they lost mm-hmm. Tiffany Hayes again. But yeah, I feel like they have the easiest schedule out of all all the remaining teams mm-hmm. here. Yeah. Yeah, but the same could be said for the Liberty there, right? Like I think that the Liberty do have more experience when it comes to situations like this. Ionescu's been absolutely balling out. She's what the first player to go 500, 200, 200 in the season. So 500 points, 200 rebounds, 200 assists in a single WNBA season. So she's been pr- she's been great. Uh, Natasha Howard's obviously solid. Um, Dangerfield's been solid as well. So I think that like the inexperience for the Dream might show up in a situation like that, where the last two games of the season for them are against the Liberty. Like those two games are going to completely decide the Eastern Conference right there. 
but yeah that's the thing natasha howard has been dealing with an ankle sprain since the weekend and if she's not back i think the dream can definitely win those two games they did get banija laney back a former all star and that's huge for them but i still think if natasha howard doesn't play in those two games the liberty aren't winning it yeah and we're we're talking about in the in the playoff runs um we have a, we're talking about five teams basically who could still take the 7 8 seeds and i think i think yeah that the best team that could make a final run would be the lynx i don't really see the dream oh <laughs> i don't really see the liberty making a push sorry because at the time of this recording liberty just lost two games in a row and they have some very tough matchups ahead of them since they have dallas tonight who are on a five game winning streak and then they have the dream yeah. they might they might have to go like 3 for 3 or at least 2 for 3 if they want to make that push to the finals yeah, final back, spot back to back against dallas is going to be tough but yeah because dallas has just been has just been rolling as yeah. you said yeah like yeah, i think the dallas the dallas um wings have just because of that final push they've had recently they that's why they've secured their spot yeah mabry's been absolutely playoffs. heated from deep like ogunwan wale is obviously always incredible right so That's going to be a tough matchup. I think that's tonight. Yeah, that's tonight. But then yeah, yeah then two games against the Atlanta Dream. Um that's going to be a crazy matchup honestly. Ryan like Ryan versus uh versus Sabrina is going to be one of the most interesting battles where I think we're going to see this weekend. So speaking of which, I wanted to ask you guys, what are some other games this weekend that you guys are really looking forward to that might shake up, you know, the playoff picture here? So the battle for the first seed I think is still open. I think the Aces still have a chance to grab that and that will be decided in the biggest game of the in the rest of the game schedule that is when the Sky take on the Aces. Mm-hmm. The Sky beat the Aces last time. I think it was a historic comeback when they did it and they're peaking at the right time. I I know they lost their previous game to the Storm, but I think the biggest important factor is Courtney Vandersloot returning to form. She had yep. 28 in her last game and 20 before that. The rest of the team has already been clicking. So Courtney Vandersloot returning to form after her concussion, I think that's going to be the icing on the cake for them. Yeah, people look at her performance in the Commissioner's Cup as like being more in like it it wasn't indicative of who she was, right? Like she had just come back from her concussion. That was her first game back. When you have a concussion, you're not practicing with the team. Exactly. Right. That is it completely shuts you down from any team activities. You're going to be rusty. You just haven't been playing basketball for like what? A week and a half, two weeks sometimes depending on the severity of the concussion. So her coming back in time for the Commissioner's Cup which was obviously it was a rough game for the Sky. It's not indicative of who the Sky are. When they're hitting on all on all strides, that is a crazy good team. So yeah, like They're 25 and 9 for a reason. I think that that's definitely going to be one of the more interesting games that'll take place on Thursday. So by the time you're listening to this, obviously it'll already have happened. And then the Aces also have another interesting game on Sunday which will also more than likely decide that first seed. So let's say let's say the Aces do beat the Sky, right? That puts them in a tie for first seed. But then on Sunday, the Aces are going to be facing the Storm. Last game of the season. I know Sue Bird is going to want to go out on top one more time, right? So, that'll be a crazy matchup as well. I think that that's definitely one of the more heated matchups that we might see this weekend. I don't know if 
all the starters play. I think that the Aces are definitely going to want to contend for that one seed, so they'll more than likely play their starters. Um, but I don't know if the Storm do. I mean, maybe the Storm, maybe like Subert has like this revenge yeah. game what she wants because you know uh, the Aces pretty much like ruined her final home home game. Yeah. So maybe maybe there's some storyline there, right? S- super that's disrespectful. That's the thing, though. Do they have to rest their starters? Because their record, they're pretty much 21 and 13, and the third seed is the Sun are 23 and 11. Yeah, and they probably want to so protect fourth seed, right? Their fourth seed, right? Yeah, more than yeah. likely. I don't think they need to or even can get to the third seed. So, so yeah, yeah. I mean, well, well, the Mystics are coming up right behind them, right? Like, the Mystics are at 20 and 14. But but yeah. the a, but the storm have the tiebreaker over the mystics. Yeah, they have the head to head, so I don't think yeah. they need to worry. But again, I think the super yeah. is a reputation. Yeah, you can't let a legend like that go out on a loss. Mm-hmm. And they have the momentum to beat the aces too. They they just blew out the sky, 111 points. That's insane. So I definitely think they can do it again. But will they put all their players in the game? That's the that's what we have to find out. Yeah, we'll see. So let's talk about the Minnesota Lynx for a bit here because, Diego, you mentioned that this is one of the teams that you're looking at as potentially yeah. being able to make a run here to the playoffs. So they did just get Nafisa Collier back, fourth-year player, obviously like one of the best, one of the better defensive players in the entire WNBA, absolute great scorer, really dominant in the paint despite only being six foot one. Still one of the most talented forwards in the league. Sylvia Fowles, I think her reputation precedes her. We all know how great Sylvia Fowles is. Yeah, Yeah. like what? Four-time Defensive Player of the Year. Absolute monster. Still averaging, what, 14 points a game? Like 1.2 blocks a game? She's great. At 36 years old, it seems like, what, this might be a little bit early for her to retire considering how good she is, but she knows herself. This is her last season confirmed, right? Yes, yes, yeah. Yes, yeah. She's on our. She's on her victory lap. Um, she's on her little award yeah. tour before leaving. So, so how, how can you not like want them to make the playoffs? Yeah, of course. Yeah, I think they honestly can. I think that that yeah. defensive pairing in the paint of of Collier and Fowles is just absolutely freaky. So the Lynx, as of now, so this was without Collier. They're already the like the WNBA's fourth best paint defense in terms of like opponents points in the paint and they've got the uh third best mark in the entire league for second chance points meaning they rebound the ball damn well and then they stop any second opportunity that that, that teams can get they face the mercury tonight on yep. that's wednesday mm-hmm. and then they face the storm on friday and the sun on sunday that's a pretty tough schedule yeah though. that's yeah. a super tough schedule i think tina charles and brianna stewart versus collier and uh, and fouls down there is going to be a insane matchup but yeah i as much as we'd all love to see sylvia fouls go out with the playoff run i don't think it's possible for them especially because uh they just lost to the storm last week Mm -hmm. and it was not close at all 89 to 77 so facing them again i don't think they have a chance in that game and it depends on how they if they win against the mercury today I think they have a chance because the Sun might rest players in their final game. The Sun are almost, they have secured the third seed. I don't think they're moving. So they don't have any incentive to play their best players in the final game of the season. So yeah. if that happens, I think the Lynx could sneak in. Yeah, I think if, if John Quell Jones were to play that, that game, like I don't think that 
the Lynx really stand a chance to win that one. But the Lynx only really yeah. need to win, what, two games and then hope that the Dream drop both of theirs. Yeah, essentially. Most likely well, that, make That's the, the thing, though. Like yeah, so they, they can dream about a result like <laughs> oh, that, no. but the Liberty aren't good enough to beat them two times. Yeah. I mean, yeah, that's a big factor. Like, the whole... I mean, we're at the approaching the end of the season. We're going to have teams resting their best players. That's just how it's going to be. And that's going to be one of the main factors as to why some of these teams might make the playoffs, some of these teams might not. Hmm. Yeah, that's how I see it, too. Uh, Aaron mentioned about the Sun... They're probably going to pretty much locked in at number three right now. So I don't, I, mean, I, I, don't, th- I, yeah. think, I think they could get that one mm-hmm. and secure a spot in the playoffs. I mean, out, yeah, out of the three teams who still have a chance to make the playoffs, like outside of the seven, eight seeds, basically nine, ten, eleven. So the Lynx, the Liberty, and the Sparks. I think the Lynx do have a pretty decent chance to make that final push yeah. to make the playoffs. And as Aaron said, they're playing Connecticut, who are twenty-three and eleven, and Seattle, who are twenty. 21 and 13 yeah. in their final games. But yeah, they're both high seeds and you know they don't really have an incentive to play their best players, cool. really. So we're going to take a quick break and when we come back, we'll talk a little bit more WNBA, talking about like the top seeds battling out. We'll talk about the CBL. Catch you in a bit. And we're back. All right, so let's talk a little bit more about the WNBA. So the top seeds obviously are going to be battling it out this weekend. Some pretty big games. We've got Aces versus Storm. We've got Sun versus Sky. How do you guys see these matchups really playing out this weekend? I, I think the Sky, uh, I, I keep rooting for them, and I, I'll do that again. I think the Sky will come out on top in their game against the Aces. Uh, they, they lost the Commissioner's Cup final to them, so they'll be itching to get one back on them. And they've got their players returning to form like we talked about earlier so i think they have a chip on their shoulder right now even though they are coming off a loss against the storm i think they want it more in that battle to seal the first seed do you think that like these four teams so the sun sky aces and storm or do you think that these four teams are going to be the ones that are representing the wnba and like let's say the semifinals like is it kind of a lock that these are the top four teams in the NBA, or do you see a team like the Mystics, like the Wings, like really having <clears throat> a chance to surprise in the next round? Honestly, I see it as a lock. These these are the four teams that have been dominating the league all season long. I mean, the other teams have been have been pretty good too, like like the Mystics and the Wings, especially with the Wings having gone on a pretty good run in the past week or so. But yeah, I think I think the four are definitely the ones that we're gonna we're gonna see in the semifinals. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, of course, you could give a a chance for the and give some love for the Mystics probably because yeah. they're right within that mix of you know there's there's kind of like a separation between the top five and like the rest of the league, right? But mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think the top four is pretty much secure. Uh, Seattle and Washington seem to be headed to a, on a collision course for the first round. Am I right? Pretty I mean, much. They're, they're pretty much right. Pretty much, yeah. So, yeah, again, the Storm were 2-1 against uh, the Mystics in the regular season. Mm-hmm. and But, but in, the one, in the one win of, the, of Washington, Seattle actually almost pulled off the comeback win. So, I mean, if it's that, that's any indication. Those, it were, could be th- those were close games. Like, they, yeah. last, they last played each other. Like, they played each other <coughs> twice back-to-back at the mm-hmm. end of July. Uh, they had a eight, like, the Storm won 82-77, and then the Mystics won the next game 78-75. So these weren't blowouts by any stretch of the imagination. This is going to be a good matchup. And, like, with EDD playing mm-hmm. as well as she is, right, with 
with Ariel Atkins just being an absolute stud, with Natasha Cloud playing super well, like those are some great matches right there. Yeah, yeah. I actually really like Natasha Cloud when I yeah. watch her. Yeah. Yeah, I think that's why you can't rule out the Mystics just yet because uh they're they're on a two two game losing streak right now, but before that they were ahead of the storm. The storm just took over the fourth seed. Yeah. So you can't rule them out already. I know they've lost two out of the three games, but that's going to be an interesting first round matchup. Yeah, and I mean like you've got they're, they're twenty and fourteen, right? They're third in the East, but EDD has missed like eleven games this year, right? She hasn't been there for a good chunk of matches right there, and that's the best player on the Mystics. They could be so much higher right now if she had played in those games, right? Yeah. So. I don't really think that their record is necessarily even indicative of how high that, that this team can go. Yeah, I think I'd put the Mystics in that same tier. As, I mean, as Mike said, I think the way I see it, the top five seeds right now are the contenders in the dub, and they're definitely at least like one or two tiers above the sixth seed and below. Okay, so let's just like, let's look at the standings right now, and let's say that hypothetically this is nothing really shakes out like this is how it looks at the end of the season so our matchups would be sky versus what mercury yes right aces versus versus dream mystics versus storm that's a lock right mm -hmm. yeah. and then wings versus sun yep okay yeah so let's go through them one by one so sky okay. against mercury who do you guys see taking that see with diana tarasi being ruled out i don't think the Mercury stand a chance. Mm -hmm. I think that should be the the they'll coast to a win. I mean, even with Tarasi, I, I don't think they'd be able to beat the Sky. Like yeah. the chances would be, be a lot better, but it's not going to be enough. Yeah, it's not. It's the not Sky are just too good. Yeah, it's yeah. not Tarasi's last run. Okay, come on, it's 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 birds. But I mean, look, like I don't think that the Suns were necessarily the favorite to make the finals last season either, right? Luck can change in the WNBA pretty quickly, especially when playoffs come around. So then Aces Dream. Do we need to ask? Yeah, that's that's a mismatch, <laughs> right? Yeah, like it's not it's close. It's not close. Yeah, I think that that's gonna be an absolute beatdown. I don't see that going past three games. For sure, that's done. Then we've got Storm Mystics. I think this is the only first round matchup that's gonna be close, and that has to be the that that's the box office matchup. Mm -hmm. We just discussed that, and it'll be fun to see Suba's final playoff run. Yeah. Okay, and then. Sun Wings, who do you guys have taking that? That one might actually be interesting as well. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd still put my money on the Sun, but the way the Wings have been playing lately, I think they it wouldn't be as bad of a matchup as, you know, you'd expect it to be. Yeah, the the, the Wings have the momentum. The Sun have John Kel Jones. <laughs> That's a big <laughs> deal. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really big deal. So yeah. if, they find they, if they have an answer for her, I think the Wings could potentially cause an upset. But otherwise... I don't think so. Yeah. So that's our little preview of the WNBA playoffs. So let's talk the other league that's going into playoffs this weekend. The CEBL. Oh, my goodness, guys. Okay, so the regular season has come to an end. Championship weekend is right around the corner. So for those that don't know, the playoff format in the CBL is actually pretty quick. It's all single-game yeah. elim. So the teams that have qualified so far were onto the semifinals, which are going to take place on Friday. Mm -hmm. So the teams that are left are the Hamilton Honey Badgers, 
versus the Ottawa Blackjacks and the Scarborough Shooting Stars versus the Niagara River Lions. What can you guys tell me about Let's let's start off with the first seed, Hamilton Honey Badgers. What can you guys tell me about the Hamilton Honey Badgers? I mean, they've been the most dominant team in the league, right? So, I mean, I, I don't want to be shocked if Ottawa somehow beats them. They won't. Yeah. They will not. It, dude, it's but it's one game. That's the thing. That's the interesting thing about the CBL playoffs, right? Like, this isn't some series where the most dominant team usually does really look dominant for the entirety of the time, right? Like, I, I think that when it comes to, like, a playoff series, like a best of three, best of five what have you, I think that that's where the best teams can really show out. But when it's just a single-game elimination, like, I know that the Blackjacks are the eighth seed, right? Like, they essentially got there solely based on home court advantage. That's why they're in the CBL playoffs against the best team in the league. Anything can happen in one game. So how do you guys think that the Blackjacks could potentially steal away this win from the Honey Badgers? I mean, <laughs> do you remember that game against the Stars? Yeah. yeah. Where the Blackjacks had a major comeback. Yeah, so that was the game when they, I think they were the Blackjacks were down 12 points when Scarborough yeah. only needed just one point to win. Yeah. It was and they one still of the pulled it off. It was one of the craziest games I've ever seen in my yeah, life. Yeah, 100%. Heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah. If they had Jake Paul, <laughs> they would have won. <laughs> but yeah, okay. maybe his three points per game would have helped. The the Honey Badgers are the one seed, but when you look at their previous matchups, Ottawa did win their previous game against the the Honey Badgers. It was it was not close to it was 104 to 95, a comprehensive nine point win. Yeah, and if they can do that, if they can do what they did against the Stars, maybe it's not that big of a mismatch. I know they're probably not as deserving as the other teams, but you can't completely rule them out, like you said, in a single game elimination. And they have home court. They are the only team that has home court. So they could pro- potentially swing this their way. Even then, though, I think I think the Badgers are just too consistent. And the, the Blackjacks are just not. And at the end of the day, this is the playoffs. They're, the players are all going to go all in. And I think the Badgers just have the better players. They're better coached. And overall, they're just a much better team. Do and I think that's going to show in that one yeah, game. Yeah. Do do the Ottawa Blackjacks have anyone to take on Caleb Agata? Yeah, that's that's the biggest no. question for them right now. Caleb Agata like nominated for defensive player of the year mm-hmm. and he's been he was so good that the Raptors called him up for their summer league team too. And he's going to be back for them for the semifinals and yeah, that's a tough matchup for the Blackjacks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. not only defensive best, like not only defensive player of the year, but most Canadian, sorry, most valuable Canadian player of the year, yeah. right? Like, this team is absolutely stacked. Christian Vital's good. They've got uh, they've got what's his name off the bench. Sorry, Kobe McEwen off the bench. It seems like the Honey Badgers probably do have this locked up. There's a reason why they're the one seed. The Blackjacks. There's a reason why they're the eight seed. They didn't win any games to get to this spot to be in the semifinals. Yeah, they basically just showed up and that that goes to the problem again which is the format of the playoffs where if you're going to send a team straight to the playoffs just because you're going to have have it hosted in that place it's just, it's not really fair like I, the black Sharks don't deserve to be part of this group yeah well i mean who knows maybe they've been coasting throughout the regular season because you know they don't really need to win any games right to, to book their spot in the semifinals. so yeah Hey, maybe maybe they were just playing possum the entire year, and maybe they're actually the best team in the league. You Man, know? you gotta <laughs> hope. Never know. You gotta <laughs> hope. That, that's a great point, though. Who knows? Yeah. yeah right. See, because 
the Hamilton Hamilton Honey Badgers lost two of their last three games of the season, so they are not in the best spot right now. Would you say that they weren't at their Aaron best? <laughs> don't do that. That's <laughs> the second. That's the second time today. Come on, man. That's that's one of their best. What's the other one? Dream the dream one. Oh my yeah. god. Okay. I'm so tired. <laughs> no, I, look, look, bro. Aaron, Aaron Best, like that's a that's a that's a Raptors 905 player right there. He's yeah, good. He is some solid players. I think when we mm-hmm. went to a 905 game back in what like March, yeah, they're about Aaron Best dropped like 20 something points. These guys are solid. They're playing against real men, right? Like Christian Vitals are great. You know, this this EBL has a lot of good players. That's the thing, mm-hmm. and that's what makes it. I feel like have the biggest potential. In terms of other leagues here in Canada, the CBL is the one that has the biggest potential for growth and to succeed as sure. into becoming like one of those pathways that get you into the bigger leagues such as the NBA. Oh, 100%, man. Okay, so let's go into the other finals matchup. So just to confirm, we all think that the... Uh, unless you're Mike, I guess. We all think that the Hamilton Honey Badgers are winning this series, right? <laughs> no, I, I, I do think... I, I won't rule out <laughs> Ottawa to lose the game just yet. Okay, but if you have to make a prediction... Fuck it, I'll pick. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, cut that. (laughs) Maybe the trouble isn't with the joke. Maybe it's with you. I don't think so. I'll give you one more chance. So, if you guys had to make a prediction for this game, Hamilton Honey Badgers versus Ottawa Blackjacks, Aaron, who do you have? Okay, I will go on the record to say Ottawa will win the game. Wow. All That's right. Ballsy. Screw it, eh? <laughs> let it happen. Just let it fly. Okay, I, said, I said a while ago I'd be shocked if Ottawa somehow wins, but I'm going to buy into what I said about them playing possum and, you know. So you're going Ottawa as <laughs> well? Yeah, let's go Ottawa. We, we want <laughs> the underdog. Okay, Diego. Uh, honey Badgers are going to take yeah, this come on, pretty yeah, easily. Come on, bro. It's Honey Badgers. I'm going to say even like it's going to be the scores going to be like 105 to 90. I don't think 91. it's going to be close. I think that, that the Honey like Badgers are really 101 is my guess. See, yeah. e- even if the odds are against the Black Jacks, I think you can't rule them out just yet. I'm ruling them out. I'm sorry. Yeah. I don't think that there's a lot of situations where I'm not going to rule out an eight seed. Just just look at the roster to compare it. It's it's not close. O- Ottawa won the last three games of their season. Hamilton won one of their last three games of the That's season. That's fine. That doesn't matter. Momentum matters. Home court matters. No, not in not not here. I'm sorry. It's a one game elimination. I, wish, I mean, I think it should be changed. Look, man, they've got good players like Chad Posthumus is pretty good. Dengadel's solid. I think he's played. Yeah, for like a G for like a G League team before, um, I just don't think it's enough to really contend again with Christian Vidal, with Caleb Agata, with Aaron Best. I just don't think that there's enough there. Like that guard, like those three guards right there are just absolutely insane. Yeah, yeah. So I just, I just, I just don't see how. Like I know the Ottawa Blackjacks do most of their damage in the paint with with Chad, right? This guy's massive, mm-hmm. six six foot eleven guy. Big, big, strong guy. Crazy last name, too. What the hell kind of last name is Posthumous? <laughs> can, you, can, you, can you say that again? Posthumous? Posthumous. Doesn't that, like, doesn't that mean, like, dead? Yes, uh, it does. I'm pretty sure that means... <laughs> well, no, it doesn't literally mean dead. Okay, well, it's a really bizarre name. Um, okay. I mean, they've got they've got Thomas Scrub, too. Scrub? They have Walt yeah. Lemon Jr. Yeah. Walt Lemon Jr. Oh, Walt Lemon He's their leading scorer. Nice. Yeah. Uh, wa- yeah. Okay, Walt Lemon Jr. when he played against the shooting stars he looked absolutely unguardable 
So I think him playing against a defensive player of the year candidate in Agada is going to be the best matchup. Yeah, it'll be close. All right, cool. So we've got two and two here. And then let's move on to the other matchup. Our favorite team, the Scarborough Shooting Stars. Your favorite team too? Of course. Yo, no one time for the ends. One time for the one ends. One time for the ends. One time for the ends. But yeah, our favorite team, the uh, consensus favorite team in this room, uh, <laughs> because you guys all have to have that as your favorite team. What if I don't? You what if I'm them? rooting for the Niagara River Lions? You're fired. <laughs> I'm telling, um, it's over I'm telling Eric. It's, it's over already. I'm telling Eric. Um, <laughs> I, can't, I, can't, I can't let you have that. So the Niagara River Lions are taking on our Scarborough shooting stars. Um, of course, this is it's our team. But yeah, so they're taking on. How, how do you guys see that matchup playing out? Let's let's talk about that one now. In their last game, the shooting stars beat them without having their supposed best player in Jalen Harris. And since then, they've also added new guys who've lifted the team up even further. So I think it's the shooting stars' game to lose. Hmm. I mean, Khalil Ahmad has like the potential to be, I think, the best player in the entire CBL. Right, like this guy is an absolute bucket, six four guard, been absolutely killing it this year. Elijah Mitru Long's pretty solid too. Like it's not gonna be an easy matchup for the shooting stars by any chance, but I do agree with you in that sense. I think that Kyle Alexander is genuinely has the potential to be an NBA player. This guy's long. Yeah, he's this very guy long. dominated the the Saskatchewan Rattlers last game. Right? And he didn't even play much. Yeah. He played like what fifteen? Was it fifteen? Yeah, minutes? he's not starting. He's not even starting. Mm. But he's a starting caliber player. Yeah, like he's if he's on the floor, he's usually almost all the time the best player I, on the I, team. I think there's too much depth for the uh, for the shooting stars to really just like not not win this game. You yeah. get me? They got Calvin Apostola on the bench, bro. Oh my gosh. Our Filipino. That's my guy. Our guy. No, shout Our out Calvin, dude? bro. No way. The coach, homie. Coach Exodus has to put him on. Even for five minutes. Yeah. I know he'll run some yeah, good plays. No, he will put him on because the shooting stars will be blowing them out. So he'll be playing in the garbage tonight. Yo, why are you slandering Calvin? <laughs> no <laughs> respect, bro. Absolutely no respect. No bro, way. Calvin's a smart player. He's a good point guard. He makes good decisions. It's just defensively, obviously, he doesn't have like the size or the skill set to be able to lock that lock anyone up. But offensively, he brings... You know, he brings that point guard IQ to the team. Yeah, but in a playoff situation, I don't think you can risk it like that. Yeah, of course not. Yeah, yeah. plus they added, I, as I, Aaron said, they, they added a couple of starters, actually, like yeah. Cassius Robertson. Oh, and those yeah. guys are really good. Mm. Uh, Teddy Allen, hoopers. they're really good. Yeah, Teddy Allen hit the hit the buzzer beater, hit oh like the half-court yeah, yeah. heave yeah. against oh. the sky. <laughs> that, that was wild. That yeah. was wild. Yeah, and Cassius Robertson absolutely caught fire from three he, he last puts, game. It was ridiculous yeah. what he did. He lives up to the cash in his name. That's how he is from three. Even though he, he has a wonky yeah. jumper, yeah. He's, he's confident when he pulls up and he absolutely Was it wonky? Yeah, a bit. Wow. He, do, he does have a weird form. It's like... It's like he jumps. Yeah, he jumps. He jumps. He jumps high yeah. on a yeah. jump shot. Very high. <laughs> I think I was talking to Aaron during the game, and I was like, he jumps as high as like Russ does on his jump shots. Yeah, because Russ jumps really. <laughs> high. But he, he doesn't brick them. Yeah, <laughs> that's a difference. No, he, he doesn't. You're right. I'm sorry. Yo, but I didn't want to bring him up. Yeah, you mentioned Kyle Alexander, and it, it's it's going to be fun to see him face EJ Onu, who's arguably the defensive player of the year, averaging 3.2 blocks. He's absolutely the best shot blocker in the league 
and the shooting stars rely a lot on paint scoring so i don't know how that will pan out for them mm-hmm. I- if they move to outside shooting again like they did in their previous game i think that should that would be their mentality but if they stick to paint scoring i think ej onu guarding the paint is going to create havoc yeah. yeah but like even then it's not like niagara's paint like three perimeter defense is bad right like they have two players that are in the top 5 in the league for steals per game right they've got khalil ahmad who i this guy is ridiculous right he's leading the league in scoring per game at 20.7 but he's also fourth in the league at steals per game at 1.9 a game and then his partner in steals and defense for the river lions daniel walden mullins is at two steals a game right it's not like their perimeter defense is bad by any means like this is a strong defensive team they can defend all three levels they create a ton of turnovers it'll be really tough for the like there's a reason why the Niagara River Lions are the second seed. It'll really be key for uh, Scarborough to move that ball mm-hmm. because there are times when when it just gets stagnant out there. You know? yeah. So they really need to emphasize on ball movement and people movement. And you know, they've been doing that uh, over their last games in the regular season. You know, their last game they scored 106 points. So they can really turn it up offensively if, if they want to. So yeah, yeah I mean if They've also emphasized on getting inside the paint, so that sort of like opens up things for them and their shooters. So if, if they can get that done, I think they'll be able to break the defense of Niagara. I mean, last l- I think the last game, like the last shooting stars game in the regular season versus the Rattlers, that w- that that showed kind of a lot as to how this Scarborough team is now with the new pickups and how they play, and it's gonna. I mean basically the both the stars and rattlers were go were were going at it. We had the rattlers especially in Elam Elam time. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it was kind of getting scary at one point for the stars because the rattlers were making a comeback. But then the guys in the, in the stars just like don't don't quit and they basically have perfect timing into how w- into when they hit their shots. Yeah, and both offenses were flowing. Like they were both doing great on Elam time. I think they it was the most combined points in Elam time. Like they set a record for it with with 26. So okay. it just speaks volumes as to how the stars ca- are like have become more consistent. They just have the players who are more built for that moment. Yeah, there's again like there's there's a lot of depth on the Scarborough Street yeah. Stars team, right? Like like Isaiah Mike only played 2 minutes in the game against the Rattlers. That's but then off the bench you've got Cam Chapman hitting 30 points. You've got Marcus Anderson at 14.4 points. 14 14 points. Sorry, 14 minutes. John Victor Makuma playing 11 minutes. Kyle Alexander playing 15 minutes. Like there's a ton of depth here and you look at like this mm-hmm. you look at as compared to the Rattlers like they only ran like a seven man rotation. Yeah. Right? The Shooting Stars have a genuine 10 man rotation. Yeah. Every single one of those guys can play. There isn't a bad player there. Like they all understand their roles. It seems like they're really hitting their stride right now and I think that they honestly have one of the best bench units in the entire league. Yeah, that's why yeah. genuinely like without bias, I can actually see the Stars taking this championship yeah. home it is even con- in their first season. It is kind of concerning that Isaiah Mike only played like two minutes in the previous game. I think he's got he's nursing some kind of injury. You saw him limping after the game yeah. last time out. And yeah, but again, their their depth is, you know, they're a really deep team. I mean, John Victor Muhammad was starting for them early in the season, so. Yeah. Yeah, s- l- yeah exactly. Like 
the guys who were starting for them earlier in the season when they were just good i have now moved to the bench and they've got better players so yeah. they've just become stacked and uh, like coming back to isaiah mike who, who was the hero in their last win against the lions uh if he's back in time i think they should have it locked up yeah. but yeah. A, uh, the biggest factor i think for the shooting stars will be it's obvious but how jalen harris plays mm-hmm. he's been super inconsistent uh yeah. for them but when he's when he's at his best he's always the best player on the court that's facts when when he gets scoring i don't think there's any defense that can stop him so yeah. if he starts hot i think that will be the key for them winning the game yeah but that's the thing with jalen harris though it's even like he's still going to take a lot of shots and he's still going to take contested shots regardless of whether he's hot or not mm-hmm. but yeah it's it's all going to depend on his streakiness because he's just such a streaky player yeah the nice the nice thing about him though is that he does have a really good ability to get to the line right oh, like yeah, yeah. like mm-hmm. when he is struggling like he only he was only 6 for 21 in that last game against the rattlers but he still put up 24 points and most of those really came from the line that's where he does a lot of damage he's great at drawing fouls you can tell like he he's he's great at selling selling hits and he, he's solid when he tries to finish in the paint but yeah like again he is streaky if he can hit his stride again he's a three level scorer and he'll yeah. take advantage of that but again to talk one more th- to talk about Isaiah Mike one more time it will be very key to have him in this lineup like this guy's leading the league in three point field goal percentage at 47.4 this guy's an absolute sniper really? so if they really want to like get the ball away, space it a lot more so that they don't have to crowd the paint against one of the best paint defensive teams in the River Lions, they'll need someone like Isaiah Mike to really hit it from the from distance. And it's not sure. just that he's a sniper; when he's completely locked in, he's the uh, shooting star's best defender on the perimeter as well. Yeah. He's absolutely a clamp god when he gets going. But again, we his health is a big what if right now mm-hmm. it's it's up in the air so we can only hope he comes back in time yeah but even then the stars just again their depth is just crazy mm. from top to bottom they just have so many good players who complement each other and guys who can step up whenever they need them to yeah man like if 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 they really need it what Teddy Allen was 3 for 8 last game from deep uh, Cassius Robertson was 6 from 8 from deep They'll have they have shooting throughout the lineup, and I think that if they can move the ball again, if they can space the ball, get it to the perimeter instead of crowding the paint, I think they'll definitely do some damage against the River Lions. So, yeah, predictions. Aaron, <laughs> Aaron, you go first. No, I I don't think it's a question here. I think shooting stars all the way. Yeah, same here. What do you want me to say? Yeah, come on. Come on, bro. Come on, like our team. Even if even if I. Wasn't trying to be a homer here. I think I'd still pick the Scarborough Shooting Stars just because I think that they yeah. genuinely do have more talent. I think they're hitting their stride right now. Yeah, mm-hmm. and like I think that they've just been so much better ever since the J- ever since J Cole left. <laughs> oh, my. oh my god! Uh, am I wrong? Selenders. No, but am I wrong? But am I wrong? Okay, well, no. He, uh, but he at was the same their time, best corner shooter. So it's not. It's fi- not like he was it's not like J Cole even played a bunch of minutes though. Yeah. In some games, he wouldn't even, like, he'd barely play. He'd play, like, two minutes or something. Yeah, that's two minutes wasted. But, no, in, <laughs> in his final game, he was two of two from three. Yeah. And, and that was the loudest I've sniper. heard Pan Am center. Not, so. not the guys, not, the, not these guys defending a born sinner like that. 
Yo, put some respect on Jermaine's name. Nah, it's 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 too bad he was only like a three point shooter, bro. He could have could have had some. I, I wish I wish he knew how to, to I wish he knew how to forest hill drive it to the basket. Oh my god, it's not 2014 though. That's yo, come on, Maybe bro. No features, no features, no features, bro. Yeah, Dave, did you not know he went feature. double plat with no features? <laughs> did you know that? It's so it's impressive. Crazy. He's yeah. so impressive. I'm just glad that that Jermaine is has now become a Scarborough shooting star. He's legend. He, he's here for the ends. He's, of yeah. course. Of course. Forever a part of Scarborough. Of course. <laughs> she knows. <laughs> oh yeah, she knows. <laughs> yeah, no, when, when when he moved here it really felt like a, a tale of two cities. I'm tired. Yeah. And, <laughs> yeah, and, and, I, I, and I'm the one who gets who gets <laughs> called out, right? Yeah, apparently. Yeah. Oh my God, he's not gonna <laughs> stop. He's not gonna stop. Okay, all right, <laughs> that's <laughs> enough. Okay, so so we're all predicting a Scarborough shooting stars victory here. Yeah. Okay. Even with Jay Cole on the team, I'm still taking the stars. Okay. So now let's look at the finals matchup. So, you thought it was gonna be Ottawa Blackjacks versus Scarborough shooting stars. That sounds ridiculous. <laughs> okay. To me. Yeah. I'm not when you lie. say like that. <laughs> <laughs> in the final. So the are the Blackjacks taking that one too? Or? <laughs> no. uh, so I think why they lost their last game to the Blackjacks was because they tried to play hero ball at the end and they had to score a point and they couldn't. So if, if they play again, I think the shooting stars would whoop them. But um, e- even if they play the Honey Badgers, I, I, I'd still pick the shooting stars to beat Hamilton. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Good. I respect that. You're, that's not just some Homer stuff, right? That's just absolutely not. Come on, man. I thought. I thought. I thought the. I thought the blackjacks were sandbagging. Or <laughs> playing possum. Yeah, they were. <laughs> okay. 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 Mike, let's hear it. Let, let, let me hear Mike. No, I gotta go with a home team, bro. Oh my god. Come on. Oh, wait, wait. Home what team happened in to Ottawa the possum? Or home team is in? No, no, no. no. Scarborough. You mean Scarborough <laughs> okay. Okay. Yeah. Okay, of course. Okay, you gotta okay. go with Scarborough and. If they ever find themselves in that predicament again, needing one bucket to win the title, they they have this like this set play that they run, you know, just to, just they to don't don't expose them like that. Yeah, no, what's the play? What's the play? What's no, the play? No, yeah, I don't want to expose them like that. But but they have they yeah, have they have this set play. Yeah, the play. Yeah, the play that that one basically two. They games they've done it twice. They come out of the timeout, and both of those buckets have led to the. Like it was, it was either the, the ultimate or the penultimate bucket for them. I know, I know, I know. Aaron doesn't like Chris Exclus, but you know, he he definitely drew up that. So Diego, <laughs> your finals prediction? Yeah, is I mean, Scarborough and the versus Badgers, the Honey Badgers. Who I mean, do you got? Who do you what got? kind of guy takes the Blackjacks over the Honey Badgers? But yeah, no, the Honey Badgers do have the best chance to beat the Stars. I feel like they have a much better chance than the River Alliance. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. But I think yeah, based on the new pickups that the stars have had in late into the season and just how well they've been rolling recently, I think I'm gonna take the stars as well. I can't I can't make I mean, it it's, it's kind of I it sounds really biased, I know. I can't let four <laughs> I, I can't let everyone say that the Scarborough shooting stars are gonna win. But I, honestly I felt like the honey badgers were gonna take it anyways. That's also me speaking from my I, I lived in Hamilton for four years ago, so I gotta Oh, so he's biased too. I gotta wrap my squad. I gotta wrap my squad. So now uh, yeah, now I just exposed myself wow. to everyone. That's tough. But yeah, no, I'm taking the Honey Badgers. I think that Aaron Best is an absolute stud. I think that Christian Vital is an absolute stud. I think he's vital to that team. 
is he still on the team? Yeah. No, because no. Aaron Best, he's only played like three games, right? Yeah. No, no, I'm talking about Christian Weitel. Like, uh, okay, earlier I said Caleb Agada was called f- called for the summer league. I, it was Christian Weitel, sorry. Mm. So I don't know if he's back on the team now, but I- if he isn't, I think that's a big loss for them. Yeah, a hundred percent. Like you, those three guards together, Aaron Best, Caleb Agada, and Christian Weitel. I think that that's just. I don't think that Scarborough has the defense to really s- shut them down. Yeah, but offensively, the scar the shooting stars are just one of the scariest offensive teams in the league. Even if yeah. they're not going against the defensive player of the year, way. yeah, yeah. Okay, we'll see. Like <laughs> yeah, we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Okay, and <laughs> unbelievable. We're such homers. Yeah, it's kind of oh ridiculous. my god, it's kind of ridiculous. Can we ask Eric if he predicts the same stuff next week? Well, I mean, next week after it's it'll over, be after it's over, over at yeah, that I know. point. But yes, we can ask him. That actually is going to be the end of our show this week. So Diego did just allude to a name there that no one, I think, recognized. So Eric <laughs> is the uh, PR guy for the Scarborough Shooting Stars. We'll actually have him on the podcast next week to talk a little bit more CBL, to really talk about how the league is promoting itself, um, how it's run. Get like definitely a cool inside track on what's going on within the CBL, so it'll be a really awesome perspective to have. Um, thank you so much for listening to episode five of the Positionless Podcast. Next week we're gonna have a lot more WNBA, most likely because the playoffs will have started by that point. We'll be touching a lot more on that. Anyways, yeah, signing off for Aaron Matthew, Diego San Agustin, and Mike Cruz. Peace, Mikey Cruz, Michael Anthony Cruz. A man of many names, a man of many hats. So talented, so versatile. All right, thanks for listening.